0: Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Desirability Alts. I'm your host, Angela Carr. Welcome back to episode 19. Today I wanted to talk about surviving a munch with neurotypicals. So I got the idea for this because when I was growing up, I always had a hard time with social skills. I didn't know how to socialize. And when I got into college and adulthood, I didn't know how to socialize. I still didn't know how to socialize. so. I struggled and I thought it was just me. I thought it was because I was an introvert. I thought it was because I was bullied a lot as a kid. I thought it was just how I was. Never occurred to me that it had anything to do with my disability. And so I'm going to spend some time today talking about spina bifida and neurodivergence. And then I'm going to move into talking about conversation skills. Yeah, you know, I talked a lot in prior episodes about my physical disability, which is spina bifida and the associated symptoms, such as mobility issues, using crutches and bladder and bowel issues. I haven't talked as much about the more invisible disabilities that I have today I want to focus more on neurodiversity and kink. These are often considered invisible disabilities because you don't see them right away when you look at someone. Now I have spina bifida. I never thought of myself as neurodiverse. When I thought in the past about the word neurodiversity, I thought that only meant people who were on the autism spectrum. And then I went to a couple of workshops. I left these workshops thinking, yep, that's me. (laughs) Now, I was never diagnosed on the autism spectrum. I was never diagnosed with ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. I was never diagnosed with a learning disability. However, I suspect if I had been born 10, maybe 15 years later, I probably would have been diagnosed with a learning disability and ADD, attention deficit disorder, not hyperactive. So I've learned more about this as an adult. Now in my forties, I'm learning more about the learning disability and social disabilities that I have, or that a lot of people with spina bifida have. And I want to tell you about these two workshops I attended. One was at the Master Slave Gathering a couple of years ago. There was a workshop there on neurodiversity and kink given by Master Dylan. Master Dylan shares his own experiences as a master of someone who is neurodiverse. He gave definitions of neurodiversity that I could understand and I could relate to. I could relate to neurodiversity and I could see it in my own life, even though I've never been formally diagnosed. From his workshop, I learned that neurodiversity also includes learning disabilities, ADHD, or ADD, dyslexia, speech, communication, and language differences. Master Dylan also impressed me in that he spoke of neurodiversity not being intrinsically positive or negative. He discussed neurodiversity versus neurotypical privilege. He makes the case that neurodiversity should be treated like ethnic or sexual diversity. Neurodiverse folks are a social minority. He also gives some great advice in helping a submissive who may be neurodiverse. So please be sure to follow Master Dylan. His discussion reminded me of the social model of disability as opposed to the medical model of disability. I also recently went to a workshop put on by the Spina Bifida Association. There was a workshop there about learning difficulties for children with Spina Bifida. I remember having a really hard time with math when I was in grade school. Now that's something pretty common among people with Spina Bifida. Math, spatial skills, reading a map. Are all things that those of us with spina bifida struggle with. Remember, spina bifida is a neurotube defect. Children with spina bifida also have issues with attention. They're often diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, not the hyperactive type, but the attention deficit type. That is still me. Again, 15 years later, I would have been diagnosed with ADD. So when I was in college, I did pretty well in school. I had good grades, but I could never do those tests, those standardized tests. I went to do my SATs. I did terrible my SATs. And I didn't finish them, and um, I don't remember what my grade was, but it was poor. And so I had a hard time getting accepted into colleges. One college accepted me, Temple University in Philadelphia. Woohoo! And they accepted me, but on a conditional basis, they said, You have to come to this summer program. And it was called A Summer Program for the Average Student. So that made me feel really good. Don't mind my sarcasm. And so I went to the summer program. And then in the fall, I was able to start college. And the summer program was actually great because it taught me study skills. I never really knew how to study before that. I didn't know how to write. And that program taught me how to write. And now it's what I do for a living. <laughs> and I learned a lot in that program. And I actually even ended up getting a scholarship through that program later on. Then I finished my bachelor's degree. And then I went on for my master's. And I, I studied. So in, in my bachelor's degree, I studied psychology and criminal justice. For my master's degree, I wanted to study criminal justice. My goal at the time was to teach, to become a professor. And I had to take the GRE, and surprise, surprise, I took the GRE once, didn't do well. I took those study courses to be able to do your GREs, couldn't do it, and finally, one of my teachers went to the head of the department, of the criminal justice department, and said, give her a chance. So, because that teacher did that for me, they ended up accepting me into the program on a non-matriculated basis. My first semester, I would be a non-matriculated student, and they would just see how I did. So my first semester I went and I studied really hard and I got all A's. And so the next semester I was able to matriculate. And then I got my master's degree. But if it hadn't been for that teacher, I wouldn't have. If it hadn't been for that summer program, I wouldn't have even been able to go through college. I also think about how things could have been different for me if I had been diagnosed maybe with a learning disability. You know, what type of accommodations I could have had. Um, You know, if I had known that I had a learning difference. How does that affect me as an adult? How does it affect me today? Today, I'm grateful for GPSs so I can drive places, even though honestly, I still get lost even with my GPS. My sir makes a joke with me, and it's so true. If I'm leaving from my house to go somewhere, I can get there. I can leave my house and get to my destination. I can leave that destination and return home. But if I need to go to another location after the first, forget it. If I'm not leaving my house to go somewhere, I can't get there. We laugh about it, but it's true. You know, it's up, oh, if I'm not going home, I don't know how to get there. Or up, oh, not leaving from my house, can't get there. And this is something I never considered could have anything to do with my disability. How does it affect my service to my sir? Cleaning the house and doing my servant duties for my sir, I found that I can start with one project, then move on to one or two other things. And by the end of the day, nothing gets done. I have all these things in my mind that I want to do, that I want to accomplish. And I do a little bit here and a little bit there, but not one of them gets completed. So I found that in order to help myself with this, I have to write lists for myself. I have to be able to check off one to-do item on that list before I can move on to the next. I have to train myself to do this. I have to use discipline to do this. I've also used apps on my phone that have helped me with cleaning. Lists are great tools because they help me to stay focused. And that's where I really need the help. I also have a hard time with organizing things. This week, my Sarah and I have been reorganizing my office and... He helps me because it's really hard for me to throw things out. Um, And sometimes I just like to repurpose things. I actually, I found an old Rolodex that I had and I decided to, I decided, I'm not using it as a Rolodex anymore. I really don't need it. But I decided to sort of make a scheduling system for myself with using the Rolodex and the cards in the Rolodex. And so far, so good this week. That's actually working pretty well for me with my schedule during the week. It's helping to add some structure to my day. You know, a good tool for that. It's interesting because I also wonder if for me, with my MS dynamic, the dynamic really helps me with staying focused. You know, I like the security, I like the structure, and the added levels of protection that I have when Sir gives me a task or Sir gives me some structure to help me to get through my day. I think this may be why there's a large portion of noridiverse people involved in kink and power exchange. I think that having the structure in the relationship helps those of us that are neurodivergent. Having a relationship where you sit and negotiate any play or sex that will occur before it happens is sort of like my daily to-do list. It helps me to clearly think about my boundaries and my likes and dislikes. It adds structure to the relationship. It adds structure and a layer of protection to my sex life. I think if all adults were to sit down with each other and talk about what they like and don't like prior to having sex, maybe we would be less likely to have consent violations. I also know that I always had a hard time socializing with other people. And I blamed it on my disability. I thought that it was because I was bullied in school and because I was different. But knowing what I know now about neurodiversity, I think that there's more to it than that. I thought I'd spend the rest of this episode talking about how to socialize with neurotypicals. Since this is a show about kink and power exchange, let's focus on munches. How do we socialize with neurotypicals when we go to a munch? So since I always had a hard time socializing, I've read a lot of self-help books. And some of them have been very helpful. I have always used these self-help books. They've been really helpful for me as an adult, learning how to converse And get along with other people I mean I was always a book nerd so that fit right in for me reading my self-help books so I have this book it's called the art of talking to anyone by Rosalie Maggio hope I'm saying her name correctly and she gives these great tips and I just was reading these and I was thinking to myself how I could have used these when I went to my first munch. So I thought I'd use some of her tips and think about how we could use these in the kink world when communicating with neurotypicals. She talks about things, right in her first chapter, she talks about things like conversation skills, how to give a good handshake, how to match your handshake to the other person, the idea of touch and you know some of us don't like touch you know it's interesting some people in the community are huggers and some people are not my partner my sarah is not a hugger and so when people come in to hug him he has to say whoa sorry I, you know i don't hug people i don't know well and I find that for a lot of folks that are neurodivergent, we don't always like touch and like to be hugged. So sometimes a handshake is better or sometimes not touching at all. Um, But you can always offer a hand in a handshake. It's a better thing to do than offering the hug. What I always find works well for me is saying, hey, are you a hugger? Or, hey, do you mind if I give you a hug? That works for me. Some other conversation skills that she talks about. She talks about conversation as being a dance. It's a back and forth. And she recommends that you use you statements more than I statements. And that's a way to gain interest in the person that you're speaking with. So have you ever been in those conversations where the person is just all about themselves And just going on and on and on about themselves and they have no interest in you. I've been on a few dates like this. And yeah, it's not fun. A conversation should be like a dance. It should be back and forth. And when you're in a conversation, you can remind yourself... Ask about the other person. Ask them questions. You know, I always find being curious about things is really good when you're on a date or if you're in a munch, right? Somebody mentioned something that you don't know about. And it's okay, you know. I found, I found typically, now I don't know if this is so true today because today I think kink is kind of becoming more mainstream And so there's a lot of people in the kink community, but back in the day, (laughs) seven years ago when I came in, there was a lot of nerds. There was a lot of people that were like me and we would go to a munch and we would all struggle with social skills. And so I found it really interesting. And we also were, were pretty bright, which was nice. You know, I felt I felt more comfortable going to a munch than I did to a bar. Because in a bar, everybody's sitting around talking about drinking. What are you drinking? And I've never been a big drinker. So, you know, sports didn't interest me. Drinking didn't interest me. But I was interested in deep conversations. And that's what I found when I went to munches. When I went to munches, I found other people like me, self-identified nerds who were interested in science and philosophy and just interesting topics as well as flogging and floggers and canes and whips and fire. And so I just felt like I found my people, but, you know, I think that a lot of these skills that she's recommending were things that, I really wish I had this when I went to my first munch. Um, You know, be interested in the other person. Be open-minded, right? So your kink is not my kink, and that's okay. So somebody's talking about a kink that you think, ew, or I'm not into that. You don't have to necessarily say that. You can ask a question about it or you can move on to another topic but you don't have to yuck anybody else's yum I used to find a lot of intellectual discussion at munches and today it's 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 interesting because now many years later I find myself at munches getting a little bit bored Because I guess I feel like I've already know a lot of things about play. And I'm honestly not around so much for play anymore. I mean, I have my sir, and we have our play that we do. Most of the time, honestly, we don't do because of my disability. So play is kind of boring to me anymore. Play has kind of become like the drinking. (laughs) <laughs> today where I find I really get intellectually stimulated is when I go to masked meetings because at mast meetings, there's always these really deep conversations and we talk more about relationships and power exchange in relationships, you know, taking that power out of the bedroom and into our everyday lives And I think for me, being neurodivergent, I think that having the structure of a mass meeting is really important for me. And that's something that we could do in munches too. I mean, there's no reason that we couldn't have a munch that is structured, a munch that is like a discussion group. You know, it's not a bad idea. I I know that there are some out there. I actually recently have gone to a crafting munch, and that was awesome because I crochet, and I was able to take my crocheting, and we had people doing all different types of crafts, um, yarn crafts, art, painting, all kinds of things, and the organizers also had discussion topics, which was really cool. I think especially today in, in the world of online munches and Zoom, it can be really helpful to have discussion topics or teasers just as a way to get people talking. Because I think especially when we're online nowadays, like the topics kind of always go back to, okay, what are you eating? What are you drinking? And the small talk that I don't do so well with. And that's okay. There's certainly a place for that. And I know that there's people that enjoy that and need that. And that's okay. It's just not my favorite. I prefer the more in-depth discussion that you really get more when you know people well. But if you're looking for how to talk with people, how to make small talk, I think this is a really good book for a vanilla situation and it can carry over into a munch or a kink event. Let's see what some of the other suggestions she has are. She talks about this idea of mingling. And we mingle a lot at munches, right? So people are going to talk with you for a few minutes and then they're going to move on to somebody else. Or you're going to talk to somebody and you're going to move on to somebody else. And so it's okay to do that when you're at a munch. That's actually what munches are for. And if you find yourself in a conversation with someone and you want to move on, she gives you good tips to be able to excuse yourself to move on to a different conversation. Ways to sort of back out of that conversation gracefully. She talks about the importance of eye contact, right? The idea that we want to look at someone in the eyes, but we don't want to just stare at their eyes. That can come off a little creepy. She gives good tips to end a conversation, which I think is really nice. And need it because i know that that's hard for me if i'm in a conversation that i don't want to be in i tend to just be nice and stay in that conversation because the other person wants to stay there so i really appreciate some of these tips to get out of a conversation so check out the book and i hope that if you're like me if you're neurodiverse and you have a hard time in social situations, I hope some of these tips will help you. And please check out Master Dylan and the important work that he's doing in supporting noridivergent folks in the scene. And hopefully we'll have some more interesting munches and interesting topics at munches coming up soon. At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. Today's question is, what's your favorite type of munch? Do you prefer munches that are just social in nature? Do you prefer munches where there's a specific discussion topic? What's your favorite format of a munch? please go to desirability.com, that's D-I-S-I-R ability.com, and share your thoughts with me. Thank you for joining me today. Stay well. Desirability All was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at Desirability.com or on any social media at Desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.